BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. podcast that helps other women find their rightful seat at the table through discussions of health, wellness, business, and beauty. I am your co-host, Jennifer Etter. And I am your co-host, Susan Mobley. And we are so excited and honored that we were able to get Dr. Diana Collins today on the show, a psychiatrist for, as we were saying, for everyone. I mean, yes. You deal with adolescents and adults, teenagers, you know, there is no one out there that you aren't able to help. So we're excited that we are able to get her with her busy schedule here in Sugarland, Texas. And we're excited to have you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. For so I just want to ask I want to say I have I have known I've known you for a few years and no matter where she's at or pictures that you see, she's the most fabulous looking person I in know. the room all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Always love put it. together. Well, yes. Uh, Look at you both. <laughs> both look amazing. Oh, you're sweet. I know, and her office is so fun. You've got love in the air everywhere here mm-hmm. in the waiting room, and it's definitely uh, can see your colorful personality coming through in your office as well. Oh, okay. thank you. So I want to say, as I, a lot of times I have a story to start off with, and just <laughs> inevitably there's always a story that lines up with the show. And so this morning I woke up on... The wrong side of the bed. I mean, I know I saw that. I was like, "Don't talk to me." I had all this stuff going on in my head, and um, you know, my husband and I—we've been married. Gosh, we were counting it. I think about 18 years. And I say I think. I know what year we were married. But <laughs> anyway, so um, my oldest, her first question was, "Mom, do you need a hug?" Because that's what I say to them: "Do you need a hug?" And they're a lot softer than I am. I don't think they have the temper I do. So I was like, "Nope." Not a hug, because I'm on fire, and I'll burn you. Not a hug. But my husband knows me so well that he's he knew, okay, I'll stay out of her way. I love you, babe. Gave me a really cautious kiss, and let me just cool off. And I was thinking on the way here, I was like, how perfect is this? Because that dynamic, mm-hmm. someone understanding what someone's going through, not taking it in, right. knowing that person, you know. Not taking it personally. Not taking it personally. Mm-hmm. And of course I called to apologize and texted my daughter, you know, to say I'm sorry, I didn't accept your hug. You offered it twice. <laughs> and so, um, but I was thinking how, how awesome is that, you know, awesome. Thanks universe. But that's what happened on the way. On the day that we're here with Right. <laughs> and so this is something you deal with. You deal with couples and, and let's say, so a couple comes in and they're just like, oh, she's crazy. 
and has a bad temper and, and the other one, what, what would, how would you approach that? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I do see couples. I do, do see um, families. Mm -hmm. um, often I see uh, parents and dealing with relationship issues with their teenagers. And it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. And um, probably that's one of the number one things I see is um, communication problems. Right. And so you have to start at the beginning, um, getting people to listen mm -hmm. to each other. I think that's probably the number one thing mm -hmm. is um, listening, right. uh, listening to each other right. and taking a step back. Right um, through any relationships, it's so yes. important to yes. listen to each other, not just talk at each other. Exactly. You know. Now, take a step back and listen. And what ages do you start seeing people at? Because we were talking before we went live, and you were saying, you know, all the way up to, you know, senior citizens and then younger people. But in general, do you have an age that you tend to focus on, or is it really just run the gamut? Um, it, it runs the gamut. Um, I see children probably, I have seen even age three and four, mm -hmm. but um, probably young children school age five and six right um, they may or may not need medication so mm -hmm. I do do prescribe medication right. probably um, I do medication consults mm -hmm. and I do see teenagers mm -hmm. and I often see the parents right because um, it is a family exactly. problem right. it's not just a one person that's having a situation happen it can be the whole dynamic yes. of everyone involved Exactly. So, especially when I do see children and adolescents, mm. it's so important that I meet with the parents as well. Now, what kind of issues and concerns is it that you see most often in young children? And I'm sure from the young children versus teenagers, there's differences and similarities, but what do you see most often? Probably most often um, with children and adolescents, I might see anxiety. Mm. Mm. Uh, as number one or right. depression mm -hmm. and then I might see attention deficit disorder okay. yes, yes anxiety I, I'm gonna tell you I yeah. notice more and more kids having mm -hmm. anxiety right now and I don't know yes. if that's a societal thing if it's just I know there's so much more pressure I mean I think right. about yes. the homework and the expectations and we live in a um, an area of town that it's it's very high right. you know the expectation expectations high they call it like the rice University of mm -hmm. high schools and so is it that, is it, is it that we've put more pressure on them or is it something that maybe there's more, um, they've got more access to the outside world through their, their social media <laughs> and devices? I mean, what do you think it is? I think it's a combination. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think there is more anxiety out there than there may have been before. Right. I agree with you, there's a lot more pressure mm -hmm. um, academically and um, in the activities the young people yes. have. Um, they have a lot of pressure with school. Um, then they have outside activities. Mm -hmm. You know, now young people in school, you know, they really have a grade point average that's above a 4.0. Right. You know, when we went to school, you know, it was 4.0. I, right. I was having this yeah. exact conversation with my dad yesterday. I was at my yeah. parents' house and we were talking about my son who's yeah. 15 and we were talking about college and things like that and we were saying exactly that that you know when i was in school you know if you have like a 4.0 yeah. you're in the top one percent of your class right. you can you know go to ut a m wherever you 
really want to go. But now it's not only do you have to have above a 4.0, you have to have volunteer hours. Yes. You have to have summer activities that you've done. You have to have the athletics. You have to have, you know, run the gamut of so many things beyond just your education. And then on top of it, you have a lot of kids that are working a job on top of doing all these activities. It's like, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of, it is a lot of pressure. Just to get into you know, college, right? or at this point to even make it out of high school, <laughs> right? you yeah. know, like, so it's like, yeah. it is so different than when we were in school, like I said, for, for me, it was just as long as you had good grades, you know, you would yeah. at least get into a public university, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you were set, but now it's like, no, 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 you know, what volunteer hours, my dad's a, a doctor at the hospital, and he said, you know, all the volunteers are these young kids that are yeah. trying to get their volunteer hours in and you know they they get there really early on the weekends and they're there all day you know it's a lot of pressure for these kids to yeah. almost be beyond an adult when they're a kid because exactly. we don't have to do as much as they're having to do and I know like even with Jennifer and I it's like we work we're moms we've got the show we've got families we've got significant others that we're all trying to see and we're tired Oh, and and then also volunteering at the schools Mm -hmm. and everything else. But where do you go after that? You know, these children are doing all of that. And then what are their lives going to look like when they're adults? (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, I even heard on the radio today um, talking about, you know, some young people, millennials, um, you know, born um, after, you know, 1981, that they're having burnout with their jobs um, already um, in their 40s, you know, because they're just burned out oh yeah Yeah. and I think you know Jennifer and I we've been in you know network marketing and you know you get where you're constantly glued to your phone or doing meetings Mm -hmm. and things like that and I know that we both experienced burned out burnout from that because you just put so much time and energy into it and things around you start to fail and so I can only imagine with children it's like you know for us as 40 year old women it's hard to process it and to really be able to have the energy to understand what's going on but as a child who's still emotionally developing oh mm-hmm. yes. I can only imagine and I have to say I think you're oh your yeah. your man is on there saying hi honey oh. <laughs> I love it we love having the family support oh, yeah oh, I mean thank you that's the best because <laughs> I think just like you're talking about with children who are overwhelmed yes. When you have the parents who are supporting them and acknowledging that, you know, that they have anxiety. I think sometimes people don't want to talk about it. You know, we did a show on Tuesday specifically Mm. about this, about society creating that that Facebook, Instagram perfect life that we put out there to look great and amazing. And we're scared to tell each other that we have problems and that... Our children yeah. aren't perfect. Our parenting isn't perfect. Our home life isn't perfect. That we have problems, and maybe it is anxiety uh-huh. or beyond. But I think that when people start supporting each other, and be it you know a significant other who supports what you do in your work, or a parent supporting a child, that has to be a huge part of your practice of seeing these parents that step up. Oh yes, I mean I had a young man I uh, have just seen, and mm-hmm. he's. He's a sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, and he had some suicidal mm-hmm. ideation, and um, the parents, you know, have brought him to see me, and he's gotten behind. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably right. a straight-A student, right. yep. 
um, but because of his depression and anxiety, he's gotten behind mm -hmm. and just stopped doing his work. Mm -hmm. And you know, the parents have approached the school and it's been hard to, for them to talk to the counselor right. and we need to get him extra time to complete his assignments mm -hmm. but the parents uh, because of their culture too were afraid to ask oh. um, for help from the school and so I'm trying to work with the counselor and the right. principal you know to get him because of his anxiety and depression mm -hmm. um, some assistance you know accommodations accommodations right so that he can have some extra time to turn in his work right but they were very embarrassed you know right. and were reluctant to for the school to know his diagnosis mm -hmm. and that seems to be a that thing stigma. Yeah. there's mm -hmm. that stigma still yes. where some, it's wrong something's wrong and um, you know to kind of piggyback on what you were saying I, I kind of noticed something and this has something to do with this as well but when I specifically started talking about my littlest and what she's going through right now mm -hmm. usually we have like comment 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 everybody stopped right because I um, think that it struck a nerve, uh -huh, yeah. and I was talking about a, a touchy subject, and I was talking about something that's difficult to yeah. to deal with, and that it is embarrassing for uh -huh. people to say, "This is what my child's going through," or uh -huh. you know, to be open and honest. And because I think that we we all reflect upon each other and right. project things, um, that even me discussing it, uh -huh. people got kind of scared right. or put or you know. They got scared, I uh -huh. think, or uncomfortable, yeah. and that needs to be something that has got to stop this day and age. We just need to, oh, yes. you know. Yeah. I think it's like even like if there's, a, you know, I think something that people can relate to so easily is if there's a death, you know, yeah. and someone has a really close loved one that dies, people don't know what to say, how to react, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. It's a, it's a difficult situation to be in, but I think that that feeling of that like. I don't know what to say. You know, I want to let you know that I'm here for you and concerned for you. Yes. But at the same time, that's something big and great and grand that everyone knows. They know that there was a death. Right. But what people don't know is yeah. that people have the anxiety. They have a depressed child at home. They are yes. suffering with depression themselves, and it's affecting their children. And But we don't talk about it enough, like the death in the family, Right. to let people know like it's okay to talk to me about this oh, like yes. I'm not always yeah. gonna be happy or I'm not always gonna be on or I'm not gonna always know the answers and maybe some of that too has to do with our social media where we've just put the best of life right. out there and oh, used, right. used all the best filters and <laughs> you know we've made things we look would know so nothing about that perfect <laughs> that I think yeah. people have gotten just maybe desensitized to reality mm -hmm. and truth and the truth is is that it's messy we're it messy. is. <laughs> it is. But you know, there is a help for right. anxiety and depression, and and you can get better. Mm -hmm. And there there are medicines. There are therapists. And, and that's a big um, thing. Is, yes, is therapists. I think everybody yes. should talk to somebody. And right. I think that 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 people think that if they have to talk to somebody, there's something wrong. Right. Um, that yeah. it's a bad thing. But mm -hmm. I honestly believe everyone needs. Oh, a, absolutely. A therapist yeah. or a counselor. I mean, because I have things that I've thought about. Even today, my dad reached out and posted that thing about having a bad morning. Right. And my dad, of course, was, you know, you can unload on me. Uh -huh. Yes. And I love you, Dad. <laughs> but these were very female. And very, right. And the things that were going through my mind were something that I, I couldn't even tell my mom because my mom would say, you're beautiful. It's okay. Right. Or my husband, you're gorgeous. Uh -huh. I love you. And But it's like I needed, I'm like, I need the right person right. to talk to. And it's Absolutely. not always going to be your support Circle. system because mm -hmm. all they Absolutely. want to do is just tell you mm -hmm. the opposite and and 
and not allow you to to just go ahead and say, no, I really do feel this way. Right. I am really, yes. and and let's let's dig into that. Well, and, and I that's think, where you come. Yeah, in. and I think you know when dealing with a psychiatrist that you're allowing yourself to have a safe environment where you you don't see that person every single day. No, you don't have to right. go home to that person and see them and know that the conversation you just had with them is right there in front of you. So I think it's nice to have that that safe spot to be able to, you know, discuss those deep feelings that, and it's, I think that sometimes people feel like if they talk to a therapist, that they're somehow not having a good support system at home. Mm. Oh, right. And I I think it's quite different that because you have such a positive support system at home, it's okay to go and talk to someone else. You're not, you know, it's not having thoughts or conversations with, I guess how to say, if you wanted to have a conversation with your husband about something, and you know you feel like well I should only talk to my husband about this not a therapist Mm -hmm. you know this is something between me and him no it's okay you're going and you're actually you know valuing your relationship even more by getting that outside voice absolutely and so I think that people it's it goes along with that stigma as well that you know it's okay to talk to other people that's not you know deflecting on the relationships you have in your home or in your friendship circle, whatever it might be, it's not deflecting on it. If anything, it's empowering it. Yes, I think to, Abs- to be able to talk to someone. And there are many different types of therapy out right. there too. And I, I definitely encourage you know all my patients to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. I know some patients opt not to, or they mm-hmm. may not need a therapist at right. that point in time. But um, you know, people do do better if you know maybe they do take medication Mm -hmm. and see a therapist they may not need to see them every week Mm -hmm. um, but a therapist you know is somebody that's trained right Mm -hmm. and uh, you know they keep things confidential Mm -hmm. and uh, which your family doesn't always (laughs) right that's true (laughs) (laughs) yes and I, I think it's very healthy you know to see a therapist and you know I even tell my patients that I Right. seeing a therapist mm-hmm. or see a therapist mm-hmm. and I think that's very healthy because especially if you yourself are in a um, uh, a stressful occupation right. uh, it, it's very helpful mm-hmm. so you are and and if you guys could look around the office here you <laughs> could see she is the winner of the best psychiatrist 2018 I 2019 I mean we're talking to somebody who's considered the best at her job but I'm sitting here you know as we're talking about seeing a therapist and and you're a psychiatrist what is the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist that's a very good question I mean we obviously um, have a little bit of different training Mm -hmm. but we see the same patients Mm -hmm. as a psychiatrist you know our training is a little bit different Mm -hmm. Uh, we obviously um, have different uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. in that as a psychiatrist we go to medical school right and our background is more from a medical perspective and so although we can do counseling and mm-hmm. therapy with patients we look at things from the medical background right and uh, hey guys we're going to take a quick break so that you can hear a word from our sponsor And we're back. Uh, we do have training in psychiatry as well as neurology. So that's what my brain was thinking. You're yeah. you're, you're talking about the chemistry. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. So that's a little bit different. As a therapist, there are many different routes people can go through to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do 
can be a social worker. Right. Uh, some people may go through and be a marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may be a psychologist, so they go through graduate schools, mm-hmm. graduate school, mm-hmm. and they can do psychological testing. Right. Um, so there are different avenues where people can go through and be a therapist. So if, let's say, I'm, I'm somebody I'm, and I know, okay, something's going on with me, um, how do I choose? How, how do I know, okay, which one's right for me? Psychologist, you know, psychotherapist, I mean, just a therapist, or what, what, how do, what is it that would help someone to say, no, this is what I need? Sometimes people may start with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're de- dealing with a psychological issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and a therapist may then determine, you know, if that person, if the symptoms are severe enough to go see a psychiatrist if they're considering, med- if there might be a need for medication. Um, although some people, if their symptoms are severe and, and interfering with their life mm-hmm. to a significant degree, that it's causing them impairment, right. such as, you know, if they're not able to work, mm-hmm or say the symptoms are affecting their relationships, mm-hmm. their job, their health, and their health, mm-hmm. and you're having physical symptoms, right. and the symptoms are going on more than several weeks or mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. then I would really recommend that you go to a psychiatrist. Right, and I think sometimes yes. that an easy way for people to remember is, you know, a psychiatrist is someone that, yeah. that can prescribe. Exactly. Right. Whereas a, you know, a therapist is not gonna necessarily unless they're a psychiatrist, yes. not have that medical background to be able to prescribe. So if you're interested in, you know, having medication as an option, then yes. obviously you need to make sure to reach out to a psychiatrist. Exactly. And I would also say if this, your symptoms are very, very severe, mm-hmm. or severe enough that you're really having impairment in your um, personal life, you know, uh, if you're having physical symptoms of anxiety, depression, or cognition, mm-hmm. Uh, then I would see a psychiatrist first. Right. Because the psychiatrist could then determine, you know, do you really need medication mm-hmm. and or therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, and could refer you also to a therapist. Now, right. some psychiatrists, you know, will do the therapy and the medication. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times that I do both. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but a psychiatrist could probably then determine, you know, if you need both or if you need medication. So, yes, if your symptoms are really affecting you where you're thinking, you're functioning, mm-hmm. uh, if you really are having um, se- severe sadness mm-hmm. or anxiety where it's, you know, affecting you on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. And mm-hmm. we usually say two weeks or longer. So, okay. you know, don't mm-hmm. let it go on Yeah, and I was long. about to say, that's, you know, that's not a very long time. That's not a very long time. But Whether I think it's important because... You know, there are ways that it kind of changes chemically yeah. in your brain when you're having depression day after day after day. So yes. I think the fact that you're saying recognize it, not, you know, don't let it go on two and or three months. Exactly. Even if you have stressors, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes people will tell me, well, I have a divorce or uh, I've had a breakup or mm-hmm. I've, if, even if it's children, you know, well, we move schools mm-hmm. or, but if the symptoms are, and again, we say two weeks or longer. Right. If they're impairing even a child where they can't go to school mm-hmm. or they can't um, sleep or they're um, yeah, missing school, right. can't go into the school, mm-hmm. or they're going to the school nurse constantly. Even if there are stressors, but if the symptoms are you know, really affecting 
your your functioning. I'm about to say their their daily function. Their mm-hmm. date your daily function mm-hmm. and interaction. Then I would see a psychiatrist. So I was thinking um, yeah. because I know with anxiety it's sneaky. It is sneaky. Yes. yes. You, you don't even know. Okay, this is anxiety. This is what I'm feeling. And I know for myself, mm-hmm. I've had those. And gosh, we were in the middle of doing a show, mm-hmm. and I I didn't know what was happening yeah. to me, but I was having a full blown panic attack. Panic attack. Oh yeah. And I thought I was dying. I mm-hmm. thought I was having a bad reaction to something. And um, thank God for Susan, <laughs> who I could sit here and I just... I was her therapist for that day. <laughs> like, just give her a certain, like, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> okay, I'm about to leave. Luckily, it didn't look like that. Right. <laughs> oh, they, they could be terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it was. I, well, I, we were live. And we were live. And, <laughs> and like throughout this. the day, um, there were multiple times because my heart was doing weird stuff. And I was going to have her take me to the hospital. But mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that that's what was happening to me. Until much later, where I think I did some research or I talked to somebody, and they're like, oh, gosh, you were having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking I was having a bad reaction to medicine or something that I had, you know, eaten. I didn't know what was going on. And so what I've learned is that you really sometimes don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the signs that maybe people might overlook that are anxiety, for one? Well, there can be many different signs. Um, so anxiety can present as emotional symptoms, mm-hmm. or it could be very physical. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are many different types of anxiety disorders. Uh, so with panic attacks, um, yes, any one of us could have an isolated panic attack. Right. But if, it's, uh, if you start to have them more frequently... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I couldn't um, imagine having another one. Then, uh, <laughs> then you could have panic disorder, All and right. that is a very treatable condition mm-hmm. but a panic attack can be associated with a series of seven to ten symptoms uh, but if you tend to have four or more mm-hmm. uh, you know that's a panic attack okay and it can be heart palpitations oh, yeah. um, it can be numbness tingling mm-hmm. it can be feeling like you're gonna die yeah mm-hmm. yeah I remember um, you had sweating and sweating and oh yeah a little clamminess thought I was gonna uh, I thought pass I was going to pass out. Right. Yeah, I did. I thought I was going to pass out. There were all these things that were happening. That yes, I, that's I just... definitely a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, people may think they're having a heart attack. Um, you may have uh, heart racing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, again, the numbness and tingling. But oh, anyway, yeah. a series of those symptoms within a short span of time, minutes, um, up to 10 minutes, you know, th- that's a panic attack. Oh, it lasted for hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can last yeah. even longer. Yeah, it lasted for hours. But because, um, you know, doing yeah. more research on anxiety because, you know, once you, you don't, there's so often people don't realize that that's what, that's what they yeah. have, especially right. if you've had it your whole life, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to go to a party. Like, well, <laughs> talk myself out of it. Right. You know, that's yes. an anxiety. And I just don't think that people realize um, that they have things like this and even depression. You know, sometimes that's a yes. physical thing. Like you're just tired. You don't want to do anything. And maybe you don't feel necessarily sad. Maybe that's not the way it presents itself but it's these other things. Is there a resource that you could suggest, like someone says, okay, let me go check these things out and see if I check off any of these boxes. Do you have a resource or? Sure, um, you know, I could probably give you some information we could post on your Yes, uh, your yes, we'll for sure, uh, so that people know well. this is important. Yes, where they can look at, um, you know, do you have these symptoms? Mm-hmm. I and love that. And that could um, let you know if you have, you know, any of these five to seven signs, mm-hmm. and that could let you know if you do have either depression Mm -hmm. or a panic attack or a different anxiety disorder. So I'm curious because I just love to know people's path. 
I want to know because I, I can see a young Dr. Collins. I don't know why in my head. I can see a young Dr. Collins as a child. You know, when did you decide this is, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy thinking about the brain or thinking about people and helping people and, and figuring this out. When did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? Well, you know, I, I think it all stems from when I was younger and I lived overseas, you know, because I grew up overseas. Um, you know, my mom is German and my father is American and we lived um, overseas in the Far East. Mm. And so I, you know, had to switch schools quite right. a bit. So I was always the new, mm -hmm. you know, the new kid. New kid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, moving every two years. Um, so I think I was always more of an observer, mm -hmm. uh, but always having to try to fit in. So I knew what it was like to be the new person. Right. And um, that empathy. <laughs> I think I yes, mm -hmm. I, I was more sensitive mm -hmm. and more empathetic. So I would notice, you know, the the person that was sitting alone, or uh, you know, someone that looked sad or mm -hmm. um, that maybe yes didn't fit in. Yeah. So that may have been the beginnings of things, but, um, and that's why I think I'm a little bit more empathetic with, uh, you know, children mm -hmm. and adolescents, and that I I try to I take up for the underdog, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the I child like that's, that. um, you know, being bullied, mm -hmm. and being more of an advocate for mm -hmm. children in the school, mm -hmm. whether it's the bullied child or right. the bully, because they right. both have both right. got their yes. their insecurities yes. for sure. And the child that has anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. in school because they do need modifications or the school needs education. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break so that you can hear a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Right. About what anxiety is. Yes. Or even the mentally ill. Right. Because um, we all you know, need to take care of our own mental health. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, understanding mental illness mm -hmm. is important. Very. So I think I've always had, um, you know, that kind of interest, you know, in the underdog or uh, understanding people's history and mm -hmm. where they came from. Mm -hmm. So how I got into going into medicine, I've always been interested in the sciences mm -hmm. in, in college and in high school. And I had great teachers and mentors. In science and so when I was in college at A&M mm -hmm. you know I I didn't really know that I would go into medicine right <laughs> um, I switched my major many times that's See, good that's for people good. To, I'm about to say that's See? good to know you don't have to know at 18 no, what you're gonna do the rest no, no. of your life <laughs> I thought I would be an engineer I thought I would do <laughs> math mm -hmm. um, but I just I wasn't anything but um, uh, minor in psychology and a biology major mm. and I just applied to medical school and you know ended up going not knowing what I would go into but right. when I rotated through mm -hmm. the different specialties right. I ended up liking pediatrics mm -hmm. obstetrics and then I rotated through psychiatry and it just clicked when mm -hmm. I did child psychiatry mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's pretty much how I ended up there I love that and so you almost kind of dipped into your why yes and, and I guess that's how I ended up there yeah and so um, definitely we know that something that has an emotional attachment mm -hmm. or we can, it kind of dips into that area of um, your emotions. 
And I think yeah. that you being able to be empathetic because you can bring yourself back to that place. Mm -hmm. I always say the best people, the best therapists are the ones who have actually been there. Right. Like they go, mm -hmm. they can, they're not afraid to go into the depths because they've been there and they found their way out of it or, you know, and they have they have a need to help other people out of those places. So I can yes. appreciate that. Is there any more that you could add to that? Uh, I think that's, you know, about it. I mean, I really do um, uh, like working with families. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I guess another part of my practice is that I often do work with the entire family. I might mm -hmm. end up seeing the child first. Right. But many, many times I end up, the parents begin to see me. Right. You know, I think many families we're focused on our children mm -hmm. first. Right. And the identified patient may be the child, right? But because we're worried about our children. Mm -hmm. But as the child gets better, then the parents start to think, oh, right. you, know, mm. you know, maybe I have this issue. Mm -hmm. right? And, or maybe my child is similar to me. Or maybe, you know, maybe I have some we depression or anxiety. <laughs> right. So I end up then often seeing, you know, the parents. Right. Or a then maybe a cousin might come in, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, right. you know, and that's why I say I say that you know we all have to think about our mental health, mm -hmm. and so it touches all of us. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say yeah. we're so in the society we're so quick to go to the doctor if we've got health issues that are physical, you know, your blood pressure, your heart. You go and get your annual exams, that type of thing. We talk about it with each other, you know, oh, I've yeah. got a checkup today, or I've got to go to the dentist, you know, whatever it is that you're keeping your physical health up in that way. But we don't often say, you know, well, I'm going to my therapist today to keep up my mental health. Exactly. And I think that removing that stigma and that that there's something wrong with doing that when really it's, go it's like going to for your teeth cleaning. You know, you have yeah. to do that mm -hmm. to keep it in check or you're gonna lose your teeth. You know, if you don't keep right. your mind in check, you know, it's going to get worse. And I think when you said the two weeks or longer of something that's being detrimental to your daily life is huge because I think too often people will go two years. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, people will come often into my office and I always ask them, well, how long do you think this has been going on? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you many people will come in in their 30s or 40s and they'll say, you know, yes, this has been worse, you know, the past right. year, but I've had this my whole life. Right. And I think, what if they had come in, and oftentimes yes. it'll be, they will say, it started when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And what if they had come in when they were 15? Mm -hmm. Right. That gave me good And, <laughs> you know, um, fortunately, believe it or not, a lot of the young people today, mm -hmm. they're much more savvy uh, mm -hmm. than right. w we were. Right. right. They know what depression is. They mm -hmm. know terms like bipolar right mm -hmm. they actually are asking their parents I would like to go see somebody mm -hmm. right. because they know a little bit more than we did and that's a great sure. thing yeah. I love hearing that because I think that the fact that we're getting an, a generation that maybe that stigma mm -hmm. is yeah. alleviating some because I know like our generation that I think that like Jennifer and I even with the show we try and push the envelope a little bit on like Jennifer said, making people feel a little uncomfortable with mm -hmm. our vulnerability right. because, you know, people do presume they know us and, and think mm -hmm. that our lives are a certain way. And when we let them know it's not, We're hot mess <laughs> we <now>. are <laughs> too hot mess express right here. So, but I yeah. think it's important to have all the generations be okay talking yeah, about uh, it. But yes. I think it's great to hear that, um, younger generations are being a little more open about that. And I do see that even with my kids and their friends, 
and the things that they talk about and say that I that when you say that it resonates with me for sure that they definitely yes you know are a little more open to that and it's not so taboo to talk about that type of thing and I Gosh, think that they're, they're talking about things that I I, I would know. have never imagined yes <laughs> talking about as you know a 15 year old mm-hmm. yeah you know, we have a they have a lot of things that they're being exposed to mm-hmm. that is you know yeah normal do. it's now the norm right you know I'm just gonna yeah. say that mm-hmm. and things that we never had to think about or right. deal with and mm-hmm. so they are just much more evolved anyway mm-hmm. because of what's being placed in front of them and I think it's it's nice because it's almost like the parents are learning from their children in your mm-hmm. practice you know they are bringing their children and they're seeing the difference in what you know your therapy is doing for them for their children and they're willing to take it on themselves right. and admit that you know what maybe this is something for the whole family not just for our children that right we need to all realize that this is a a bigger issue not just an adolescent issue right I like I tell parents I think it's okay to cry you know mm-hmm. in front of your kids uh, to show emotion mm-hmm. you know uh, it's okay that you go to therapy I think that's a good sign for your kids right right you know you're showing that how you're solving problems mm-hmm. uh, I think that's very important right and I do think that I know myself as a parent that you know I, I'm a been divorced for 10 years and I know that for me I grew up in a home of two parents that are still married and so to navigate going through divorce and being a single mom and dating and you know wanting to protect them and sometimes realizing maybe I protect them too much and so there's always this balance of trying to figure out what to do right for them and not to do right for them. And I think it's important when you're saying, like, it's okay to show them that emotion. Oh, absolutely. And to be appropriately open with them. But I think that someone that can help guide you some, because I know for me, I've definitely struggled with, like, well, is this too much or too little? Or, you know, it's an area that is foreign to me because I never grew up around it. Right. And so I think, you know, that's a situation where a therapist could be oh, definitely, definitely yeah. helpful. So Susan is going to be talking to Dr. Collins. <laughs> I'm going to be staying right here after the show. <laughs> I guess that's why we actually took separate cars for the first time. <laughs> no, I love it. And we've got we've gotten some great viewers yes. on today. And we've got Robin on there who says hello. we got Joe on there with great information. Christine Smith, we're talking about um, great family support. Mm-hmm. And that's Jennifer's My mom. mom. And she was asking if you're a family therapist. So yes, you do see the whole right. family yes. unit if that's mm-hmm. something that you see is a yeah necessary. i've had even the the grandparents in with the mm-hmm. family i love that yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's all a ripple effect mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes maybe it isn't your kids that are what's going on they're just mirroring <laughs> you right and you're Absolutely. you're the problem <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that. i'll call it that the situation <laughs> often starts with the parents and that oh. and that falls down into yeah. the children. I don't know how I could do um, some of the therapy without meeting with the parents. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're a huge part of the solution mm-hmm. and sometimes the problem. The problem. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yes, and I think far too often parents are trying to be the solution when really they are a bigger part of the problem. Absolutely. <laughs> right. could so be. it's it's nice to be able to have that that extra viewpoint that's trained. Mm-hmm. And you know what to look for, and you know you know if it's and they're not going to just respond emotionally, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We respond yeah. emotionally. Yeah, if and you're telling your family all the problems, then they have a different vested interest in you than someone that's an outside mm-hmm. source that's really truly there to find balance and help for you. Right. I think that's amazing. 
Well, we appreciate you so much yes. for oh, joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure. And you know. we got to find a seat on her comfy couch today. I know. It's nice. <laughs> nice and cozy. I know. So if you didn't get to watch us live, make sure to subscribe to our Facebook page at Find Her Seat. If you are watching us in replay, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel right here. As well as if you're listening to us, make sure that you have downloaded our latest podcast and subscribe to all of our latest updates as well. So basically just Google Find Her Seat and we are anywhere and everywhere. You want to be. Or not. Or not want to be. We will haunt you no matter where you look us up. Okay, Susan really needs to talk to Dr. Collins. Now we've gone to a dark place. So we hope that everyone has had an amazing day. We will put all of Dr. Collins' information in the comments. So if you'd like to reach out to her and have her help you, your children, or your family, we know that she'd be a great resource for sure. So we appreciate everyone and hope that everyone found a seat at the table. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.